Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down from number 5 all the way to number 1, or I suppose count them up depending on how your list is structured. Mine, is, mine uh, starts at 1 and then goes to 5, but I go from the bottom of the list to the top of the list. I don't know what you do, Matthew, uh, but I'm I sure I don't even you... know what you just said. Like... Yeah, my list goes from 1 to 5. It's in a list order, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. But when right. I talk to you guys about it, I start at the bottom and work, work my way to the top. Rodrigo, what do you do? Uh, that's that's also what I do. Okay. I, I start with my number one mm-hmm. thing at the very top of the page and then go down. And then when I when I talk to you guys, I, I start from the bottom and work my way up. See, there you go. Rodrigo, what is your number five this week? It is the top five video games that we are playing right now. Now, we've done, I think, some top five video games in the past. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, for some weird reason, video games have popped up once again. And so we're going to talk about top five video <laughs> games that we are playing right now. Not like right now because we're recording a show, but right now, right. as in these are the games that we are routinely playing in and around this moment in time. <laughs> so, Rodrigo, what do you have at your number five? Right. My number five game that I'm playing right now is Overwatch. Wow. Um, I'm surprised that's so low on your list. Well, it is. I actually haven't been playing Overwatch very much. In fact, I played it a little bit today because we're in the middle of the Chinese New Year uh, event. So um, I showed up to get a loot box, played a little bit, and then logged off to do other stuff. And, you know, it's like I'm quote unquote still playing overwatch because i don't want to not like i'm not like i'm done with overwatch right and i don't think i'm like fooling myself into thinking that i'm going back to it i actually really enjoy overwatch but probably for since before the holidays i took like a conscious break from it where Mm -hmm. i was like you know what i've been playing this game for almost two years it's fun it's nice but i'm gonna take a break from it and then come back to it later um, with with like fresh eyes and, and better appreciation and less rage from, you know, having my team not not jump on the payload. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my number five, Overwatch. Very cool. Matthew, what do you have there? Your number five. My number five is also Overwatch. Ah, cool. You got that for the holidays, right? We did. And actually, yesterday we had a discussion, uh, the child and I, and it went like this. So, what do you think about Overwatch? I don't know. Well, they just charged us again for another month. Oh, we should cancel that. What if we took it and traded it in and got Spider-Man instead? And uh, I'm actually really sort of fine with that because my experience with Overwatch so far has been I enjoy it. I found you know bits of it really interesting. I like the lore and the the character building, but I really, really hate having to always be connected and being reliant upon other people to show up and stay in the game for me to actually play it. And I don't know if it's, you know, a, a widget claims that there's nobody who plays it anymore. All the cool kids have moved on to like uh, Splatoon or something. I don't even know. Um, 
but I, we kept having this issue where we'd start a game and be going along. We'd be, you know, a truck would be creeping down the street and we'd have to shoot cowboys in the face to stop it or something. Dunno. And well, then I guess it depends on point. what side you're on. Right. And then we get to a point where the game's like, oh, everybody quit. Sorry. So yeah, I, I that's think, that's one problem I have with cooperative games like that, where people are like, well, I'm not going to lose this game. I'm just going to quit. Yeah. And yeah. Which just, is crazy because then you lose the game. Yeah. Like, right. It, it still counts to you as a loss and you can get penalized. Yeah. So it's just it's just people being butts. And, and, and really, that's that's the issue with Overwatch is its community right. in a lot of ways. It has a. there are sections of the community that are very nice, but are you going to get teamed up with nice people at any given point? Probably not. Yeah. Um, You know, people greatly benefit from going online and finding groups of people that they like to play with and then scheduling that. But now you're scheduling. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I like being a talking space monkey. Yeah. I liked being a robot. I liked being uh, the, the Super Sentai guy that apparently came with our bundle. So I have the alternate version where I have a cool scarf. Oh, I don't know why I'm so? a Green Ranger. Yeah, 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 Genji. Yeah, Genji. Yeah, I don't know why I'm a Green Ranger because you can't have a Green Ranger unless you have the other five Rangers. But I'm not bitter. I mean, all in all, there's a lot of stuff there. It just, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work. And as I've mentioned before, and you guys have mocked me, it's the same cable that I use for the (laughs) MSP. And we record the MSP three to four days a week, various shows for major spoilers, which, hey, don't get me wrong. I love them. That's why I have a cable to plug into the thing. So Steven won't yell at me and go, your your connection sucks. Um, But... It's just, I mean, the, the amount of lifting that you have to do to have fun and then to have other people involved and, and just basically pee all over. And I'm just like, I'm playing Overwatch, but I don't know for how much longer. All right. Very cool. So many, many years ago, I forget how long ago it's been now. My wife, years. it's before the big meme craze took off. It's before the Raspberry Pis became the thing and you put your, your pie cades on that and you were connecting it up just to a TV or building your own uh, main box. It's before that whole thing took off. But uh, many years ago, my wife bought me an arcade uh, tabletop, uh, tabletop arcade, uh, the one that you sit down at. And it's got like 700 million games on it uh, from the 80s, from the from the 70s and 80s and today. No, not today. Um, but <laughs> But there are three games that I constantly play on that thing and probably maybe once a week. Or once every other week, I will sit down and have me some fun with some good old Pac-Man or the Ms. Pac-Man. Just depends on which one pops up first as I'm scrolling through the long list. Uh, but probably I just, Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah, it's probably Ms. Pac-Man. It, but it's not really alphabetical. It's really weird how they organized it on this uh, this system. Alphabetical uh, in Japanese. Yes, that's I think what it is. I think that it's grouped because it starts with the Donkey Kongs. And then like the next one is all the Galaga versions. And then you have all of the uh, Pac-Man versions, and then you have all the 1941 versions. Uh, so you got Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Pac-Man Junior. Uh, what's the one where is it Pac-Man Junior where he turns giant-sized? That's Super Pac. Super Pac-Man. That's on there. But there's something about a little yellow pie running around a maze, eating up a bunch of dots while trying to avoid ghosts. That's just a metaphor for life, right there. And so my number five, I still enjoy it. I low these 40 years later. Pac-Man. And that's my number five. Rodrigo, what is, what is your number? What is your number four? 
Uh, my number four is uh, a game called Mini Metro. Uh, I don't know if you guys I are... think I have heard this one. Is this by the same people that did the uh, airport landing thing? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But this what, is the subway creation thing. Yeah. So yeah. Mini Metro is a game in which you create subway lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is you're sitting there and a little circle pops up and that circle is a station and then you connect that station to other stations with your Metro line. And then there's like little rectangles that are full of little dots and those are people. And, um, pretty soon you're pulling out your hair because you're, uh, your stations are overcrowded. Your all of your trains are late, and you don't know what to do. It it's is like a game. Sim Subway. Yeah, it's a game that is very simple. And at first, when you when you start playing a session, a, a game of Mini Metro uh, is actually pretty relaxing and does a good job of slowly turning into harrowing. The <laughs> the 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 longer you go and the better you do because things just keep getting harder and harder and then eventually uh it's eventually they've introduced other play modes because i think people like there's as far as i know there's actually no way of winning you play in the standard mode until you until there are so many people that your system shuts down I might be wrong, and maybe I've never won a level, um, <laughs> but that seems to be the case. So they've made um, they've made other things where you can like just kind of do whatever you want and control the influx of people, so you can like create lines that just look cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, you can use it as a, as a form of self expression rather than than playing a game. But for me. Mini Metro is on my laptop, and so every once in a while, when I'm like waiting for something, like for example, a call to uh, get onto a major spoilers podcast, um, I'll fire up the Mini Metro and see how how terribly I do at any given uh, any given <laughs> shot. That's pretty cool. I've heard a lot about that game. I have not yet played it. You know, um, it's I, I believe now it's available for iOS, so ooh. you could. You could pick it up on your tablet. There we go. Might be doing that tomorrow if I can get my po- uh, tablet to stay powered on for more than five minutes. No, Matthew. Broke it. Nah, it's just one of those things where if you don't charge it up enough times or you overcharge it, it starts to build up that that memory, mm. and so then the battery just doesn't last as long. But it's a tablet that's like five years old now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 about to go. Uh, Matthew, what do you have for number four? My number four, I'm almost certain we've talked about before on this very show, but uh, it is wonderful for three important reasons. These reasons are, I love a resource allocation game. I have played some terrible games that uh, involve resource allocation, games that were, were bad, games that didn't work right, one game in particular that was clearly pornographic and written for hentai freaks, but it was so neat and the mechanics of it were so good that I played it anyway. Secondly, and this is very important, it does not require your full attention. 
so it can be done at work. And third, and I think most important, it doesn't trigger the whitelist uh, at my office and say, this is a gaming site, you can't even access this, go away. Um, not that I would ever do things at the same time that I'm working and doing my important working-related work when I have to focus on my work, which is to say that, yes, while I'm at work, I've been known to play Universal Paperclips, which is a game where you start out as a paperclip factory. You're an artificial intelligence, and you're making paperclips. And as you make paperclips, you can sell them. And as you sell them, you can purchase more paperclip automation machines. Then you can purchase machines to automatically buy the wire to automate your paper clips. And then you can purchase the machinery that will allow you as an AI to start taking over the world slowly, one step at a time. And as you go, you earn more trust from the humans. As you earn more trust, you take over more of the world. And eventually you're able to transform the entire planet into paper clips and then spread out into the universe. And I'm like, I like this. I'm like 57 universes deep uh, in, in this particular game. And the thing about it that's wonderful is each time it gets a little quicker because you learn something new or there's a new little trick. At one point, I literally decided to see if I could take over the universe by launching one single probe and managing my resources effectively. And I took over the universe by launching one single paperclip probe into the universe. And if you're saying to me, how does a game about making paperclips involve universal domination? Not only that, it has a musical component, which is fascinating and a little bit haunting. So if you ever get a chance, I recommend it. It's actually a browser-based game. I can't play it on my phone because the browser doesn't necessarily work and doesn't necessarily cost you anything. So it's a really nice way to kill a little bit of time. But universal paperclips is an excellent way to spend time, especially if you, you know, have a few seconds in between doing something else. Say, you know, you're cooking or you're driving or you're, you know, performing neurosurgery and you need to kill time for a few seconds. That's where universal paperclips would come in. Mm, okay. Sounds very interesting. Uh, for me, years ago when we started doing Munchkin Land, which is another show that we do at Major Spoilers, it's about board games. And originally it was about the game Munchkin. But then uh, many people were liking, hey, can you guys uh, uh, can you guys play some different games? And one of our listeners, Matthew, uh, sent me Sentinels of the Multiverse. And basically no relation, it was no, no. Yes. Just because you have the first name doesn't mean you're related. Matthew, uh, Matthew. Yes. Matthew, 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 Super Matthew, Mario. Super Matthew brothers, Matthew and Matthew. Uh, but he sent me this big box of Sentinels of the Multiverse that at the time had most of the expansions in it. And we sat down and played. I don't know if you did. You ever sit down and play with us, Rodrigo? Sentinels of the Multiverse. I'm pretty sure you did. Ah, uh, yes, I played one game with you guys, but I, I also had played a few games before that. Yeah, and I just there's something about this. This is a bunch of this is you. It's a card uh, shuffling game where yeah. you have your your character, your superhero character. Just depends on what he is. He could be a Superman, uh, you know, allegory or analog, or it could be a Kung Fu master. It could be somebody that's really into tech, like an Iron mm -hmm. Man character. And then you're fighting these villains and the there's a system. The the cards have a system on them and you just follow the instructions and you go through it. And you move things around and do all these things and you try to beat the bad guy. And it's they've got a million expansions. They just released the final expansion uh, last year on Kickstarter and it finally arrived. It's a complex game with a lot of bits, and if you're not paying attention, you're going to mess something up. Yeah. 
And I know what you're saying. Lots of moving parts. Yeah, lots of moving parts. And I know what you're saying. Steven, this is a game about video games, not about tabletop games. Well, there is an electronic version of Sentinels of the Multiverse that you can get on Steam, iOS. I'm pretty sure it's uh, on on an uh, Android device of some kind. It's from uh, Handelabra Games in conjunction with the creators of Sentinels of the Multiverse. This one has all the expansions. And here's the great thing. You get to pick your team and you can play as a team. You can play online. They've got weekly challenges for you to uh, compete against. And the cool thing is the AI, the machine, runs all the little fiddly bits that are going to get you confused. So all you have to worry about is which card is going to power up the most to take out these bad guys and how do I do it? And it's a super a lot of fun. Uh, it can be a little costly if you're going to get all the expansions, but like the base pack is I think is 1995 or something like that for the uh, for the main game. And you right there will have hours and hours of fun with it. It's Sentinels of the Multiverse. It is, it, as I open my Steam account... It is listed as the one that I have spent the most hours playing uh, over the last year. It is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And it's kind of like the same way with you, Matthew, with your your paper clips. If I've got 10 minutes to play a game, I'll open up Sentinels of the Multiverse, blow through it, try to take out one of the bad guys that I haven't worked with before, or I'll play a hero whose card deck I really haven't fully memorized or fully figured out how to combo the cards. And it's for me, it's a lot of fun. So Sentinels of the Multiverse, it is a video game. Uh, even though it's a card game in video form, uh, but I really enjoy it a lot. However, it's only at my number four. So there you go. My uh, my favorite thing about Sentinels of the Multiverse, and this this might not be available online, is that uh, there's a Brainiac analog. Yes. Yeah, the, the, which uh, means like um, you Omnimatrix can play or whatever his name is. Yeah, like Omnitron. Omnitron, Omnitron yeah. yeah. Which means you can play a game in which the villain is Omnitron. Mm-hmm. You have an Omnitron on your team, like a la Brainiac 5, and also the place where you're playing, like the location is Omnitron. Yep, you can have all of that. <laughs> I mean, it is yep. it is probably of the uh, board game to electronic game conversion. It is the one that I think is the most accurate. I mean, I've played yeah. Smash Up. Smash yeah. Up was going to make it on my list, but I was playing it again uh, yesterday in electronic form. And there are just too many things where it says, oh, you can have another action, and then the system won't let you have another action. It's like, well, that's mm-hmm. busted. So I'm really disappointed about that. But Sentinels of the Multiverse, super solid. Uh, works really, really well. And if you can't do something, if you try to do something that's not legal, it'll say, no, sorry, you can't do that. And then you go back and read the card and go, oh, okay, here's why I can't do that. Really solid game. Really a lot of fun. So Sentinels of the Multiverse, my number four. I cannot believe I never realized that Omnitron X is Brainiac 5. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, I'm having this this moment where I'm like, what? Well, depending on which version it is, it's either Brainiac or Brainiac 5. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Because there's an X evil version. Yeah, yeah. 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 Omnitron X is specifically the future hero guy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. That's messed up. Yep. 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 Rodrigo, what do you have for your number three? Uh, my number three is uh, WWE 2K18. Oh, that's a um, fun one. It is, I assume, because, um, uh, for example, if you were to get into my PlayStation or or see my profile, you would see that I have a fair amount of trophies from playing Overwatch. Not a huge amount, but plenty. Uh, You would see that I have a bunch of trophies from playing Spider-Man for the PS4. Um, But you would see that, despite the fact that I've actually logged in hours and hours on WWE 2K18, I have no trophies. And that's because... Get out of character, Jeff. (laughs) That's because I never use it for anything other than making guys. 
to the the 2K uh actually most WWE games have traditionally had a, a, an an incredibly robust character builder um and 2K18 is no different um in fact it's you know I, I guess until 2K19 either came out or comes out uh it probably has the most robust one to date um where you can go in and like change individual teeth on your wrestler you know that that sort of insane customization like change the eye socket depth on your guy change the level of oil that they are wearing (laughs) you know just nonsense Uh, like such immense amounts of customization that i've actually started using it to make characters for my games so there are like I've made a handful of NPCs for critical hit yep. and I'm like, well, these guys are humanoid or humanoid enough that I can actually just make a wrestleman and just throw it on roll 20 for people to look at. So, you know, it's like when you start getting into like Kenku and Knowles and stuff, it gets complicated, but humans, elves, Eladrin, they, you have, know, beaks. they have beaks and horns, dude. They do, but you know, they're not always exactly the beaks and horns I want. And again, it's a very good system, but there are parts that interfere with each other. If you if your character has horns, it might not be able to have certain hair, or if it has certain hair, it might not get certain back accessories because the hair interacts weird with it. So they just block it. You're just like, if you have long hair, you can't like no backpacks allowed. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's not perfect. But um, every once in a while, I'm like, man, oh, man, I really like this character I made. And I make the like immense tragic mistake of trying to play them. And <laughs> d- these games are awful. I, I hate the actual wrestling game of these. What I want to do is I've been saving all the characters I make. Eventually, I want to do a thing where I'm just populating the shows like as like oh today is smackdown so uh this eladrin is going to fight this demon for my exalted game uh which of course i will reconfigure to have actual kayfabe which within the wwe and just let the computer do it and i'll just like uh i'll just call the the match yep just like sit there on my couch (laughs) shouting at my tv by myself because that sounds more fun than actually playing this game which is why it's at number three, because I have lots of fun making characters hate the actual game. Yeah. Yeah. 2K18 changed the uh, pin mechanism, and it is literally impossible for me to finish a game. So I've actually come to the point where I've only actually ever wrestled as the Mighty King Cobra. And you, I literally had to give him uh, a thing to where he will knock people out in order to finish a game right right yeah it's it's just i tried to play the uh the story game and i couldn't get past the first match because it's It's, just completely unintuitive and it has that that annoying thing where they're like okay well now you're tired well it's a video game they don't get tired shut up there's uh, there's a real unfortunate call for like realism in the 2k line which is super cool i'm yeah, sure they have when you're talking about football or soccer or basketball yeah but when you're talking about wrestling like here's here's how it is when you open the game there's a good chance that you will see i believe seth rollins 
taking a knee to Samoa Joe. Yep. And this game is so realistic that you can see Seth Rollins' hand slapping his knee as he makes contact <laughs> with Samoa Joe. Because that's what wrestlers do. Right. They make loud noises to make pretend like they are for hurting each other. And it's like, you don't need that. It's like, make a game that's actually fun to play. Pretend like this is actually real, like the wrestlers do. And make a game where you are actually like suplexing people and throwing them out of the ring and pile driving them instead of like playing a crazy, like find the circle mini game to get like a very realistic, like wrist lock. Anyway, I do like this game, just not the actual game. <laughs> I think I would get into the wrestling games as soon as they come out with like a Lucha Underground version. Oh, man. As long as it's not the same people like. I've I've thought a lot about like how could you make a good wrestling game mm-hmm. and I've come to the realization that it needs to be like a third person like from behind view like Spider-Man oh, yeah, is yeah. like where you can see your character from behind and you're just running around and jumping and punching and kicking and flipping instead of this like side view uh, like three dimensional thing where yeah. you are just like you might just miss each other entirely you know yeah, I'd right. like, I would like to be able to play a game where I'm actually the guy running the Federation and all these schmucks work for me. Well, that's because they gave can... me a hundred character slots, a hundred character slots. And if I'm going to be playing first person, I'm not going to spend the time filling out a hundred character slots so that I can have a hundred different characters to play in different places. I'm like, no, you can you can approximate that in 2K18 and and some previous ones with the WWE universe. The problem is that it's it itself is not gamified, right? It right. the reason why it exists is so that you have your little guy and you put him in SmackDown and he wins and it's like, oh, now your guy has a rivalry with John Cena as opposed to actually stepping back and actually letting you manipulated in a satisfying way because you can manipulate it directly. You can say, I want this character to have a rivalry with this other character and they will show up to screw your match, which will then make it last (laughs) nine hours instead Instead of six six. hours. Yeah. Um, You can do that, but it's not gamified. It's not fun and interesting. A, 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 uh, A league mode would be a lot of fun and it would be nice if they included something like that. Yep. Matthew, what do you have for your number three? My number three um, comes from a thing. You mentioned the the Raspberry Pi things, and my question mm-hmm. with those, are those legal? Uh, a Raspberry Pi is, right? I mean, it's the, it's the little $30 device that you can buy. Totally legal, little small micro computer that does uh, some really cool things. Right. And they do have emulators that you can... Install the emulator. There's nothing wrong with installing the emulator software. Where you do get into trouble and where mm-hmm. you can get into trouble if the pu- if the video game publishers want to pursue you and right. take you down is uh, the installing of ROMs that you do not own. Right. And that's where would... it gets a little that's where it gets a little weird. But you can go online and you can find these ROMs. You can download them. The sites are up uh, and um, you can see people on YouTube playing these things and there's not a problem with it. Um, so it's almost like I don't see a lot of, of the uh, video game publishers making a big deal of that. Now had those new, um, 
uh, NES classic, ver- you know, the, the those little yeah. consoles, the new Ataris, they come out. And it's like, hey, play all the classic Atari games or play all the classic uh, Nintendo games on these uh, little systems that sell for five hundred dollars. Right. If there had been probably a bigger demand for those systems, then maybe you would see a greater crackdown from the video game industry. But I have not seen a lot of that. So okay. while I don't, I don't uh, want to tell people to just rush out and download ROMs. Uh, the right. Raspberry Pi itself is totally legal, and you can I, uh, the studio clock that I have here at the Major Spoilers HQ is running off a Raspberry Pi. It's just hooked up behind an LCD screen, and it's got the the time, it's got the weather, I've got radar, I've got outdoor conditions, and I can see all of that right here uh, without having to go upstairs, and it's really great. And that's all just running on a little Raspberry Pi, 30 bucks. Because if I could, if a, if a Raspberry Pi were functional, I would like to be able to play something that I play on the Super NES and was just playing this weekend with the widget, Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario. Now, you may say to me, Dr. Mario is nothing but a knockoff of Tetris. And I say to you, you are wrong and bad. You are bad and wrong. Dr. Mario is more than a knockoff. It is a knockoff of Tetris, but it's a knockoff of Tetris with a different mechanism. And it's almost, you know, the, the forerunner of things like Bejeweled and Candy Crush in the way that it works. You know, you're lining up your colors and you're flipping your dip. But I remember way back in college, back in the Pleistocene era, when Stephen and I were, uh, you know, doing our college thing. He had a flat top. I had really long hair. I had a really cool hat. He had like a Nissan Sentra. And Dr. Mario was was uh, the thing. It was it was what the kids refer to these days as the shiz night. And the reason why <laughs> is that it is a game that messes with you in terms of the actual gameplay because it does that thing where it subtly speeds up but they also have music playing in the background and the music gets more tense and the music gets more tense and it makes you want to kill and you have that thing where if you play it with the music on it's a more you know just a more heart pumping experience than just playing it in the in the you know the clear and sitting and thinking and doing your your zen moment of here's a red and yellow i shall stack it over here but Dr. Mario is really great because Dr. Mario will take up all your attention. So if you're mad about something or if you're, you know, you're irritated or you're worried or something is going on that you're like, man, I want something that's going to force my brain to focus on something other than this. I would definitely recommend the Dr. Mario. It's now, inter- yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, we started this discussion about Raspberry Pi and ROMs and the legality of it. Man, mm-hmm. go into the history of Tetris and look <laughs> at how... This thing was like totally stolen, and uh, there's people that that lost basically yeah, their life savings on this thing. Them. Yeah, yeah. Tetris is is the devil. I used to play Tetris in the Taco Bell in uh, Hayes, Kansas. Which, by the way, never go to Hayes, Kansas. But if you have to, stay away from the Taco Bell. There may not even be a Taco Bell anymore. Yeah, there's Taco Bell. The Taco Bell. Do you have a Taco Tico? Uh, we don't have Taco Tico. No. Oh, okay. We don't have Taco John's. We have Taco Grande. Okay. We have Taco we Shop, we have Taco Bell, we have, what is it, Dos Oros? Uh, El Dos de Oros. Yeah, and then we also have um, Taco Cancun. And then, for a couple of weeks now, at the gas station, there's been parked a taco truck that I've eaten at twice. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, how do you say happy in Spanish? Relleno? Relleno? Relleno, yeah. Uh, taco Relleno, happy taco. Uh, no, Relleno is 
uh, full. It's oh, like, okay. It's like filled, like with filling. Oh man! Unless it's unless it's risueño, maybe that's what then it, is. it would be happy. I think that's what it must be because they've got a little uh, little cartoon taco <laughs> with a big smile uh, on his face and next happy. to it. Yeah, oh. he's happy. So. Taco uh, cute, yeah, and bro. so we've got a couple of taco trucks in town. So yeah, there's plenty of if you're looking for uh, taco food, there's plenty of that here in town. So, su cara risueña de lata su felicidad. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, uh, my friends. Tenth grade Spanish is still in my head. My number three, and it kind of ties a little bit into the discussion of my number four in that there are some fantastic board games out there, but. You may not always have people willing to drop what they're doing at uh, two in the morning to come over to your house to play board games. And sometimes board games are really hard to learn or really hard to master so that you can beat your friends. And so I really think that if you want to be a better player of physical board games with your friends, getting the electronic version of those board games is a is a big plus. And one that I'm currently playing through so that I can I can beat these guys in the future is Terraforming Mars, which um, I think just came out in, I want to say November, maybe, of 2018. Uh, but Terraforming Mars is, as the game implies, you and the AI or multiple uh, AIs are sitting there trying to terraform Mars by through your corporation. So, Matthew, if you like resource management games, Terraforming Mars would be right up your your alley because you have to manage your heat production, your mining. You have to uh, you have to grow plants in order to increase the oxygen. You have to raise the heat of the planet to uh, to make it warmer for for things to grow. Uh, you also have to uh, create water and cities and all these other things. Uh, and you have to do it, you know, before at some point all the the uh, factors for making Mars livable are reached and that's when the game ends and it may take multiple generations or multiple rounds for that to happen. Uh, but terraforming Mars is really challenging. If you are someone who is really into resource management, you have to buy these contracts or you have to buy these cards that you then play that let you put pieces out or gain more resources or spend resources or do whatever, get victory points. Uh, it's got a lot of bits to it. They've got a couple of expansions, although in the video game version of it, they've only got the base system right now. Although I think think they have the second one coming out soon, but it's pretty fun. And the graphics on, on the, um, on the video game version are really, really good. Like instead of just having just a flat map of Mars that you're placing tiles on, you can actually kind of pan around to the side and see Jupiter in the background. And you've got, uh, Phobos, uh, you know, kind of up, up, uh, alongside Mars that can kind of creates a little parallax going on. Uh, there's some really cool animations in the game. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but again, it's another board game that's been converted to video game form, uh, but I really enjoy it. I like it a lot, and even though it doesn't have as many hours as Sentinels of the Multiverse, uh, because I've only been playing it for maybe the last month, uh, Terraforming Mars is a lot of fun. It's really challenging, and uh, again, I say go check it out. That is my number three. We are now into our top two. Number two, number hey. two Rodrigo, for you is... Hey, Steven. Yes. Is there a is there a place where people can see you play games such why, as terraforming Mars? Why yes, Rodrigo, they can. I've been really lax on it since about uh, November December because my weekends got really crazy there for a while. But uh, listeners, you can go over to our YouTube channel, Major Spoilers Video, and on Saturday afternoons, if I'm not busy uh, editing more episodes of Munchkin Land to put up on our channel, 
Uh, you can occasionally catch me playing video games there. I know Rodrigo has popped in when I've played Terraforming Mars, and I know you popped in. What was the other game that I was playing that you popped in on? Was it? Uh, it's it was like that dungeon crawler game. Oh yeah, where yeah, you yeah. Like get, get one a bunch dungeon. of heroes. Yeah, yeah, one deck dungeon is on yep. there as well. Um, also, I think maybe on your recommendation, I was playing the Shadowrun. Um, Shadowrun Returns, I think, is the game. Oh, yeah. Shadowrun Returns is a really fun game. Yeah. So I've got a lot of games up there. I even played the Dungeons and Dragons video game up there um, about a year oh, ago. Yeah, the tile can... one. Uh huh. Yeah. You can go find all of those at Major Spoilers Video on YouTube. Subscribe, like, ding, whatever that the kids are telling you to do these days because it's a lot of fun. So thanks for asking, Rodrigo. Now, what do you have for your number two? Uh, my number two is a game that I play on my PS4, and it uh, kind of hits a lot of, uh, it checks a lot of boxes for me. Okay. Uh, it's called Gems of War. Oh, I okay. I have never heard this one. Played no. it. Um, it is a match three game. Um, so there are like, uh, I don't know, seven different types, seven different colors. Um, and what you do is it's this fantasy, um, fantasy themed game. So there are dragons, but it's like very kitchen sinky fantasy. So there's like plant monsters and robots and psychics probably and vampires and whatever, right? Much kind of like in magic, the gathering, you, you know, you can play a vampire deck here. You can, uh, what you can do is you have these basically cards that are a character, right? So let's mm-hmm. say you have like a dwarf alchemist and you put him in your party. And then anytime you match three uh, reds together, those three reds go to that character. And then once that character accumulates, um, say, 10 reds, a power that they have goes off. So a big part of the of the game is um, constructing a party that is going to either take advantage of all of the colors or combo with their abilities. Cause there's like, for example, some guys that are like uh, this guy eats uh, green jewels. So once it has enough green jewels, what it does is it turns all purple jewels, brown, mm. And then you're like, well, why would you ever want that? And the reason is because you've got a guy that needs 20 brown jewels to do something crazy, right? So you can create things that enable um, your more powerful things to fire earlier. You can uh, come up with um, strategies that are sort of uh, off the, like, uh, they're a little weirder. For example, um, when you match, they're one of the jewels, quote unquote, that you can match are skulls. When you match three skulls, the head of your party attacks the head of the other party. Um, but for example, there's a there's a character that's just a giant door. It's like a gate, like an impenetrable gate, right? And it's like that character doesn't do any damage. So if you put that character in your deck, it's going to be able to take a lot of damage. But then you're going to have to figure out some other way of dealing damage to the enemy, of which there's plenty. But, you know, you're already kind of getting into a thing where it's like it, the attack on your characters doesn't matter. You have to figure out some other way to do it. So it's got that strategy aspect. It's got that, you know, match three aspect. That's lots of fun. You know, like your Dr. Mario's 
Um, the art is really good. Um, it seems really vast. It's free to play. So again, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. And for me, most importantly, it is uh, turn-based. It does not have a time component unless you are playing another human, and which why would I ever do that? Um, so it's a game that allows me to take a couple turns and then look around, do other things, check my social media, do whatever, or do it in the middle of something or stop the game and go do something else. Um, I, I really like turn-based games that have, that don't have a time component because they're a lot more relaxing for me. You know, it's like, obviously I'm always bad at video games. I'm bound to lose any given match. And that's a little frustrating. Yeah. But when, you know, I can't, I really can't play Dr. Mario. I get so wound up um, that I'm just like, oh no, the yellow one, that's not where it goes. Oh no. Um, Whereas, you know, a game where I can stop and I can look at the board and I can be like, oh, there's a thing that I want. Click. And it's like, oh, you have a, uh, no, you can use a power. Good job. Like that's that's pretty much exactly what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> again, it's free to play, but I've been playing it, and I haven't run into a thing where I can no longer advance unless I have super powerful troops that I have to buy. That said, I've been playing it for long enough that I've been actually considering it, like paying, like buying some stuff because you know it's I've been entertained by this free game. Mm-hmm. And if you consider that I've probably sunk probably three times again as much into Overwatch as I paid for it, um, it's probably not crazy for me to buy an Overwatch's worth of stuff on this game as well, assuming it continues to be fun. Cool. Sounds neat. I'm sure my kids, yeah, this I, is a mobile I, device game, right? Or is it a computer? Uh, it is available on... Let me see. Because my kids are always finding these new gym games or, you know, Razor uh, Dragon games or whatever kind of games. So so you can, you it's available for, it says download on the App Store. So that's Max, mm-hmm. Google Play, Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. All right, cool. So, yep, you should be, you can play it on, on most platforms. I, I really recommend it. Like, it has been a lot of fun so far. Um, I really like the art. There's a lot of, like, it's really jokey too. Like all of the card descriptions tend to be puns, um, which nice. is good and bad depending on the pun. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been very enjoyable. During Christmas, they put little Santa hats on all the uh, skulls <laughs> or like little like uh, Rudolph noses. Yeah, that's funny. Good times, Matthew. What do you have for your number two? Skulls with Rudolph. No, no, that's not true. My number two is actually. Um, probably going to get a certain segment of the population angry with me. And to that, I say, yeah, I don't care. Um, because I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, a couple of years ago, I got this phone mm-hmm. and it's got this huge glass screen and you can push on it and it says, Hey, are you bored? And I'm like, why? Yes, yes, I am. It says, Hey, why don't you go over here and download these things? And I'm like, okay, well, what's that? That's porn. I don't want that. That's porn. I don't want that. But you can download little games. Now, I have a, an allergy to microtransactions, so a lot of the times these games will irritate me sooner rather than later. But one that sure. has not yet irritated me past the point of, you know, and erase it, 
I actually finally gave up on the Candy Crush because it's like, hey, you can't beat this level. Spend four ninety nine and you can. I've been playing Bricks and Balls, which is one of like a scriptillion identical uh, breakout clones, essentially, um, where you fire a little ball, or in this case, a, a series of balls, depending on how far you are in the game. You have a certain number of them. And then you have to hit a brick a certain number of times in order to make that brick disappear. And after each turn, the bricks come down a little bit further and come down a little bit further. Uh, it's, you know, basically space invaders, to be honest, with some variations on it. But I really like it because it's a game that you can play that doesn't require a whole lot of brain power. It's a spatial awareness game. So sometimes you'll be like, I'm going to put my finger right here and fire over there. And you're like, hey, I did really good. And you do exactly the same thing next time. And it's like, that was not exactly the same thing. Now you suck. So, you know, with my smartphone, I'm actually aiming literally where I want it to go. And it fires right there. And I feel like Clint Eastwood in Firefox, except, you know, not that handsome. But Bricks and Balls has microtransactions in it. But the best part is you don't have at least at the levels that I am, I'm on like level 350, you don't have to microtransact in order to beat the levels. And as you go through, they're like, okay, well, here's some of our free little, you know, our, our gems that we use as currency. You can get them. Hey, you want some more gems? Oh, well, you're not going to pay for them? Okay, well, we'll give you some more gems tomorrow. Bye! So mm -hmm. it, you know, it allows you to play the game on a casual level without having to spend any money. And I suppose if you get really bored, I think you can watch videos for, you know, more gems or boosters or power-ups without actually having to spend money. Although I'm sure we're, you know, they're probably harvesting my information and selling it to the highest bidder. But it doesn't stop me from, you know, sometimes when I'm bored at work or in the car doing neurosurgery, playing bricks and balls on my phone. I got one of them, uh, one of them Googly phones. Uh, it's uh, made by googly it's the googly pixel something mm -hmm. yeah so you get that thing and it's like hey we heard you download this game and you like this game on a computer that you had somewhere else six years ago you want to try it again and i'm like man google i know you've stolen my identity and sold it but it's really easy to operate so mm -hmm. all right my number two a lot of people talking about this game rodrigo has completed this game i'm going to start it over because i'm at a part where I don't think I had built up my mastery of the button mashing yet, and so now I'm stuck, so I think I'm just going to go back to the beginning and start. But uh, if you're talking about a game like Rodrigo was, hitting all your buttons, this one is a vast, eh, open, in quotes, world. It's got superheroes in it, uh, and the graphics look fantastic, and you get to do some cool modifications. You get to change costumes a lot. I'm talking about Spider-Man on the PS4. Mm -hmm. I really, really enjoy the game. Uh, when I bought it, I, I went ahead and bought the the entire big expando pack thing that comes with like downloadable wallpaper that you can put on your PS4. And the, the neat thing is there's um, when you launch the PS4, you, it, the theme changes, the musical theme changes. And so in the background, as you're just on your main screen of your PS4, it's playing this really slow, melodic uh, Spider-Man theme song from the video game in there. And it's really kind of cool. And then as you move around, it's the little thwips and, and, and uh, web sounds, swing sounds. But there's something about this game. I like just because it, it feels open world, but we we've played a lot of open world things. We've played a lot of 
games that let you explore and do all these different missions, and there's a storyline to follow. Uh, but this one's with Spider-Man, and it's a lot easier to control Spider-Man than in some previous PlayStation Spider-Man games, in huh. my opinion. And so uh, I really adore this game, and that is why it is my number two game that I'm playing right now, Spider-Man on the PS4. I even got a little Spider-Man PS4 action figure that I found at, uh, at the game store the other day that's sitting here on my desk. So, bonus! Nice. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number one? We are all the way to our number ones, the top video games that we are playing right now. All right, my number one video game that I am playing right now is... Guess what it is? Uh, Dr. Mario. No. Uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot. No. Uh, I will say, though, Dr. Mario is in it. Jack Crash and not. Jack and Daxter's World of Fliberty. It is, in fact, Jack and Daxter's World of Fliberty. No. <laughs> the uh, Battle oh, man, that's my number one. <laughs> the video game. Oh, man. <laughs> I would be so into that. I got the Sergei Eisenstein bonus. <laughs> oh, God, I can't get past the steps in Odessa. I guess that's actually kind of true of Battleship Potemkin in general. <laughs> but um, no, uh, my number one game that I'm playing right now is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Ultimate. Um, so interestingly, I kind of owe the number five on my list, Overwatch, for opening up the possibility for me to actually play online against real humans mm -hmm. because i i had had other fighting games and other versions of smash brothers and i just never ever did that and being the hermit that i am means that i would play the game and play it and play it and play it and play it and playing is the computer over and over again and eventually i'd get tired of it but I hate to admit it, but playing against human opponents is a lot of fun because they're unpredictable. You know, it's like sometimes they are really bad and you get a good win and sometimes they're better than you and you they just slam your face into the ground. And that's OK because it's a fighting game, you know. Um, so lately, I've actually been playing online. I've actually been playing other uh, human style people. And it's actually been a lot of fun. Um, I'm uh, the campaign mode for Smash Brothers was actually kind of a, a little bit of a disappointment. Um, there's we we probably have a a, a Patreon exclusive uh, mm -hmm. yep. clip somewhere of me complaining about it. Um, but uh, it has it it has made up for it by uh, basically slowly going through classic mode and trying to finish a, a, a sequence with every character and also just going online, uh, playing King DDD and uh, throwing Gordos at, at everyone and, and hoping for the best. There you go. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think it's pronounced DDDD like, like in that sublime song. Mm. Well, it's... Uh, I mean, King DDD first appeared in the, in a Game Boy title, so it is possible that it's just pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what is your number one, please? My number one for the past several years, uh, the game that I keep coming back to, Diablo 3. Um, I never got into Diablo or Diablo 2. My wife has been off and on a huge aficionado of all the Diablos ever for several years, and 
um, gosh, maybe three years ago now, somehow they managed to dig up the copy of Diablo that they had for the PlayStation and got my daughter hooked on playing Diablo or Diablo or Diablo two. I can't remember which on the PlayStation. So, you know, as a ha ha for, for Christmas, we got Diablo three for the PlayStation three. This is long enough ago that I had a PlayStation three, by the way. So we're starting to play this and it's awesome. And it's super awesome. And then it's even awesomer because they released this expansion pack. And that's even awesomer, awesome. So we played that. And I am at the point right now where I have either eight or nine characters, all of whom are level 70 plus. And I've gone through and I'm trying to get all of the available trophies. There's a trophy you get for having every side quest conversation which requires you to actually go back and travel through each of the game's five levels and find these idiot people and talk to them at specific times and have them say something like, Oh, that is kind of interesting. Um, and of course, one of the characters is voiced by James Hong, which is great because James Hong is beautiful and wonderful and perfect in everything he does. So, you know, I sit there and I'm like, it's either Poe's dad or the guy from Big Trouble in Little China. But either way, he's telling me this cute little story about a gem and a demon and a demon in the gem. I wasn't really paying attention to the story. I was just going, oh, you're such a cute little cartoon goose. Um, but it's one of the few games that my whole family has been able to play together. Because my whole family doesn't do, you know, a, we don't mesh well in a, in a whole family setting but we could actually play the game and you know each of us had a particular role i was the barbarian and widget had the the uh blaster wizardy pew 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 and then we had two demon hunters with the uh rapid fire machine gun crossbows and it was really awesome and just the fact that you can play it with your whole family makes it my number one i actually need to probably play some this weekend diablo 3 which i think is a blizzard game yes it, it is. is a blizzard game mm -hmm. yeah with them blizzards in it. All right. My number one, uh, everybody's talking about. Yeah. I was very hesitant to get into it because I didn't play the first game. And so I was like, well, I hope this isn't a continuation of the first game. Or if it is, I hope they make it enough different to where I can step in and still um, enjoy the game and the storyline and the story mode and all those kinds of things. And it's, a, it's really weird because it's set in the Old West and you're an outlaw, but you can do good things and change your your view of uh, the, people's view of, of you. You can also just be a, a criminal and have people have you on a wanted list all the time. You can do odd jobs to make money, and you're all trying to protect your criminal family as you do it. And again, it's a big open world with missions, 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 missions. Uh, there is an online version of the game, which I have not played yet um, to get other people involved, but I, between the middle of December of 2018 at the time we recorded this in the end of January 2019 there have been total weekends that have just been missing for me because I'll say okay it's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning I'm going to sit down and play Red Dead Redemption 2 and the next thing I know it's midnight and I'm like where did my day go but oh man that was sure fun <laughs> tracking that bear through the mountains and then killing it and bringing its hide back and getting a really cool you know uh, outfit from it and it's neat. It is really weird. It's the closing days of the outlaw. It's the closing days of the cowboy. And there's the outlaw gang that you're a part of uh, that is trying to figure out what they want to do next. The law is after them. And 
you're spread throughout a fictional. I mean, it's by the same company that do the uh, Grand Theft Auto, Matthew. So if you like Grand Theft Auto, but you would kind of like it to be set in the Old West, but you're not constantly just hijacking people for their cars. I mean, you can hijack people for their horses and their wagons and stuff. Uh, But Red Dead Redemption 2 is surprisingly good. And sometimes the graphics are a little janky uh, and look a little weird. I mean, where it's not quite uh, Uncanny Valley, but it's also not quite realistic looking enough. Uh, but the, it's so great. It's so immersive. The weather environments, the, the nature environments, your ability to go and hunt and track animals. And, you know, like I said, you could rob trains and stages and just explore this vast, immense world. I have probably put in, I don't know, more than 120 hours into this game (laughs) in this short amount of time. And I'm only on chapter three and I don't know how many chapters there are in this story, but, um, Seven. There may be. I don't know. But I'm not even halfway through the game. In fact, I think my progress is I'm at like 13% of the way through the game. And I've put in that many hours. It's so fun. It is so worth the the money to put down and to learn everything and to learn how to shoot and take care of your horse and feed yourself so you don't starve. I die a lot. (laughs) But uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is like the number one video game that I am playing right now. And it is a blast. It is a total, total blast. And uh, I'm glad some people got me hooked on it and said I should really try it. And uh, I'm digging it. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, our top five video games that we are playing right now. I hope you enjoyed our list. Some of you may have some questions about the things that we have on our list. That's fine. Some of you may not agree with what we have on our list. That's fine. But here's what you need to do. You need to head over to Majorspoilers.com in the comment section for this episode. Don't be putting your top five video games you're playing right now over on the top five war films. Because that isn't going to make a lot of sense for people reading it. Mm. But in the top five, in the comment section for this episode, top five video games we're playing right now, in the comment section, we want you to list the top five video games that you are playing right now and why that you enjoy playing it so much. And we're going to look at those and other people are going to look at those and everyone's going to comment on everyone else's list. Why? Because everyone loves a list. And we'll talk with you soon. This podcast is copyright 2019 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.